Hi, everyone. I'm Shay Graham. I'm the host of In the Mood podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, Heather, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, I'm Heather, and I'm so happy to be here today. I am a yoga mindset coach. That is what I've just started to do, and I work with women. I'm also a nurse, and I'm a solo mom. I've been a solo mom for the past eight years. I have a son who's eight and a daughter who's five years old. Awesome, awesome. How did you get into the, you know, moving from, you know, nurse into uh, coaching is probably a fun transition. Can you talk to me a bit about how you made the transition and what prompted you to do so? Well, I started my nursing career in mental health because as I was going through my education, I actually really struggled with completing my nursing degree. I, I, I was having that, tr- that difficulty feeling aligned with what I was doing. And after, after two years of, of my, uh, my studies, I took a break, I took a hiatus from it and I, and I took off and, I, and I, that's when I first enrolled in a yoga teacher training program. And I think that journey, that that was the start really for me to guide me more to that spiritual path and really tuning into what's true for me and, and being fully aligned with what I want to do in life. And I returned back to my nursing degree after that, after taking a break, I did decide to go back and finish it. And it was during those last two years of my nursing education that I had a, a clinical rotation in psychiatry. And I thought, yeah, this is it for me. This is where I can see myself. Suddenly I was working with the mind, which from a young age, the mind, the psychology, our, our behaviors, our, our actions, it's always been so fascinating to me. I think I was always a natural kind of psychologist, um, just the way I thought and the things that I, that I found interesting. So that's really where I started and just loved working with my patients and building that trust and building that therapeutic relationship and really having a passion for wanting to help people and starting to integrate more of those kind of kind of counseling and coaching kind of skills so even that was how it started for me in a nursing capacity and from there that was over 12 years ago from there i've i've found myself and found my own niche with yoga and meditation and I'm big into the arts as well Uh, I did some expressive arts therapy training so the culmination of all of all of that and using it in my own private coaching program specifically with women yeah Uh, for for listeners out there who are thinking about going in uh, to coaching or who are looking for a coach, uh, what are some of the advantages of, of going to a personal coach, especially a, a personal coach who specializes in working with women? I think it's, it's really an investment for anyone. It's, it's, it's a decision and an investment to, to go for your personal growth, to, make that commitment to yourself a personal coach i think the benefit of that is it's really individualized it's 
it's a commitment it's working one-on-one it's really private and gives you that kind of landscape to really dive in deeper when you're working with somebody and the reason my my program is 90 days is because I it really takes that amount of time to experience a transformation whether that's a small transformation or or a grand one it 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 takes that amount of time working one-on-one to see the effects of a practice a, a yoga practice a meditation practice and that that therapeutic coaching relationship yeah and I I love this word transformation and I would love to know what that means for you just on a personal note earlier you mentioned that you are a single mom of two can you talk to me a bit about that transformation and what that means for you now especially as a coach Mm -hmm. yeah that's been huge for me being a single mom um it's the really the greatest lesson in my life for me it's brought me to the root kind of my root issue in life my 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 root learning that that I need to kind of master in this lifetime my my fundamental kind of false belief and and maybe a lot of people relate to this I would think a lot of human beings do but my my fundamental false belief was I'm not enough so when I was first a new mom with with my son, I did struggle. I was not in mentally in a good place. I was not emotionally in a good place. I was having difficulty transitioning. I had left a big city. I was living in Toronto, Ontario prior to having my son and I moved back home and I'm from a smaller town. So that was a really tough transition for me. And trying to figure out employment and how I was going to do shift work with with the baby and doing it on my own. So I really struggled with those emotions of not being enough. And from that, from that place, making decisions that led me down paths that were not the best, the best choices for me. But in hindsight, being able to really learn to forgive myself for knowing what I knew at the time and really doing the best that I could. But the whole the whole story has, and, and the whole kind of coming out of it, realizing, okay, so yeah, I, I, I was seeking something external outside of me. I was, I was seeking stability and, and so looked for that when my son was just a baby. So I sought somebody out. I went online. I thought, oh, I'm going to go online on a dating website and I'm going to just put it out there. I'm going to allow myself to be open to love and possibilities as I'm healing from this past relationship that's not going to work out. Right. So so you're dealing with the falling out of something that you've invested time in and I had invested time and, and commitment and love into this relationship. I had a beautiful child from it, but it was not going to be working out. he was not going to be a father to my son the way I I wished and I hoped for so it was dealing with those that emotional fallout so in an attempt to move on 
I went online and I thought, okay, I'm going to create a profile on eHarmony and I'm going to put it, put it out there. And I, I did, um, I did meet men on that website and, um, one in particular who for some reason he just captured my attention and we had a lot of email correspondence back and forth for months and I was a newbie to online dating so since then I've learned a lot about really what not to do and and really boundaries and kind of rules to have when you are doing online dating but but when I did meet this man we, we corresponded back and forth for a bit I just thought he, he was so different. I loved what he was saying, all the right things at the time, um, you know, that you're not supposed to do it alone, this parenting and let me help you and come down, visit me. He was from, he was from, a, he was from the US and I'm in Canada. So there was that, that international kind of divide between us. And it, it also added just to the romanticism of it too, right? When you when you can't quite be together and there's that distance between you and it's it's all adding to the situation. So to, to, to sum it up for you, I, I married this man. He came and visited me and we, we felt like we were in love and we then conquered this whole immigration uh, story it wasn't easy getting over at first and and there was a whole all kinds of red tape we had to go through for me to get down there and the truth was once i was down there and i'm i'm meaning i was down south and in the u.s um i i knew that it wasn't translating to real life so my inner knowing knew that those gut feelings of you know what yeah, we had a connection in that written word and that email, but in real life, something was off. And I brought it up to him and I did I did try to, and it, it never seemed that our communication could, could translate from that online world to real life. And rather than trusting that at the time, because that's going back a few years for me where I didn't have the trust I have in myself that I have now. I felt I was so deep into it. I felt scared to to back out of it that I married him. And that's how I how I got my second child, my beautiful daughter, again that I'm I'm so grateful for. But I knew even when I was pregnant with my daughter that this marriage was not going to work out. And so I ultimately left again. So I was coming back back to where I, I live, Ontario, with extreme feelings of shame and guilt and fear that a second relationship has not worked out. I have another child on the way and it's not, basically I have another baby daddy. Now I have two baby daddies and it's not gonna work out with either one of them and now I'm a solo mom with two kids from two different dads like just so many unknowns um I kind of lost track of the answer that I was <laughs> the question that I was answering <laughs> but it, it's it's an important thing to note and even for our listeners what are some of the red flags that you noticed in your first marriage and in your second marriage yeah, well, I'll have them know I wasn't married the first time. This, this was a man that I, I lived with and was very much in love with. 
we were not married. Um, there, yeah, there were a lot of red flags in that relationship. The, my son's father, he was a lot older than I was. So while I don't discourage age to stop you from dating somebody, the reality that I've learned about big age gaps is that it can be a problem um, when there's a significant age gap between you and your partner. Just because you can be at different stages of life, um, if, if, you're, if you're with somebody who is closer to retirement or something, or, or they, they may have different goals in life and what they want, right? Where if you're 20 years younger, you're, you're working towards different things. You might want different things. Um, also, I think other red flags are the way you interact and, and how you handle conflict in relationships. If, if you're arguing a lot or, or, or this, this person, you feel like you're walking around eggshells around somebody in a relationship, that's probably not a good sign if that's, I mean, healthy conflict and argument is health is normal in a relationship but when it's all the time and it's it's kind of not bringing out the best of you and it's rather it's bringing out the worst that's a red flag um in my marriage so the man i was actually married to um there there were i think now looking back there were a lot of red flags uh before i had even met him and with online dating and, and one thing with all these red flags I've noticed is, and maybe, maybe it's the way dating is now, but getting people off from texting to talking. And if somebody has difficulty doing that from moving from the texting conversation to actually, I mean, and, and in COVID times, at least picking up the phone and having a, a conversation on the phone, if it's hard for, for a person to do that, that would be a red flag to me. Um, and, and it was very much the same in, in my marriage. Uh, he, my husband just couldn't talk to me. <laughs> in, 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 for example, in the morning while he was busily getting ready for work, there wouldn't be a lot of interaction. Um, there, he wouldn't really talk to me. And then he would get to work and send me an email. <laughs> send me an email about what he wanted to talk and I thought you know I can't really can't really blame him here this is how we we met and we communicated for months by email and I I, I didn't really give it long enough to figure out in real life this is really his this man's mode of of communication this is what he's capable of and uh that has been, now now in my present life in my dating that has become such an influence for me of how I approach dating now. Last summer, for example, I, I, I dated. I, I was, it was spring in the air. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start dating, put myself out there. I went on Match. I thought I'm gonna try eHarmony again, maybe give it another go. And I went on Match and I met a, I met a man. Um, he was just, you know, close by in my area, about an hour away. He was okay with the travel. And I would say there were a lot of great things. And I'll be honest, the, the sex was really amazing. I'd have to say it was probably the best I've ever had. <laughs> the thing though about this man was 
he would not call me. And that really started to bug me. And, and when I brought it up, because I thought, okay, so we're doing this texting thing and I, I get it that texting is easy, but I kind of called him out on it once and just said, hey, like, kind of in a flirty way, it would be nice to, you know, hear your voice or like really try to make it be okay. It's okay if you call me. And his response really was, well, it's because you have the kids there. And I thought, well, yeah, I, I do. I always have my kids here. I have my kids 24 seven. Um, so if that's going to be a problem, why this guy can't call me and have a chat with me, because that's much what I prefer. I'm not a big texter. I don't like dragging that out all day. I'm kind of like, let's text to like get some information that that's necessary out. But I don't want to I don't want to have full out conversations all day long. I'm, I'm busy and I have stuff going on and I, I use my time wisely. But I would love to hear your voice for a few minutes and connect and make plans that way. And um, he just couldn't do it. And that was, that was it. That was the end of it. When I kind of called him out on, on it, he said, well, you can call me anytime and kind of tried to shift it. Like I'm the busy one. I can call him anytime. I was like, well, the thing is, see, I want to be called sometimes, even if I'm not available, at least I know he called, he left a message and I can call back. And that makes me feel good, right? If somebody's reaching out to connect with me that way. So that was ultimately the end of that, uh, that relationship. <laughs> okay. And I, I'm glad that you're, you know, kind of setting or you're showing our listeners what it means to set a boundary here and to set your expectations. If you're telling someone, I want you to call and they're unable to accommodate that request, well, that's, that's a red flag, right? Um, I, I want you to share a bit, um, some, a, a few tips and tricks. Uh, what advice would you give? about a single mothers who are looking to date yeah i would say well this is where i i really come from first really work on healing and loving that your relationship with yourself and that's like that's a lifelong journey too. like to say well i have to be healed first to go back out there isn't what i'm recommending either i mean because healing is a healing is a lifelong journey and, and loving ourselves is a decision every day that we make. But allowing yourself the time to heal from something that has ended, whether that's the, the breakdown of a relationship or a divorce or whatever it is, and really giving yourself ways to love yourself and, and, and not self-love in the way of pampering, like going to take a bath or something. No, like real love. And that is setting boundaries right that is more balance in your life that that is for me meditation and and doing the things and finding time for the things that bring me joy in life that's self-love so i would say start there because if you if you can't come from a place that is true and from a place of love Whatever you're putting out there in the universe, it's not really going to bring you what you really want. It's that vibration that we put out too. And I, I just, I know that from experience, what I was putting out years ago and what I attracted and how that has started to shift and how my standards have raised and my boundaries for what I'm willing to accept and what I'm 
truly know that I'm deserving of, how that shifts what you're putting out. And that can really, whether you go online and in this climate right now and in pandemic and in, in the world we live in, going online is very common to, for dating. There's nothing wrong about that. But being intentional about that, because I've found personally, you can spend a lot of time and get sucked into those online dating apps. And um, I suppose just being really clear and on what you will, what you will take from somebody, what you, what kind of behavior you'll accept, and what you will be really firm about and say, no, this is what I'm looking for. This is not about me being liked by you or me pleasing you. And I think that's really important for women to look at. It's not about, we know we're attractive. We know we're desirable, right? But to really take a step back and ask yourself, what do I desire? Like what really turns me on when I'm looking? Cause it doesn't matter. Sure, they'll, they want me, but do, do I want this person? Does he, does he or she intrigue me to, to want to find out more? Or is this coming from a place of smallness, of needing to feel loved and accepted because I don't have it within myself enough that I'm seeking for it outside of myself? such that is such a powerful message right that you can still date while you're healing you don't have to put your life on hold while you're going through the, the healing journey because healing is is a lifelong process right and that's that's encouraging so thank you so much for being honest in that way before we go i have one more question for you it's the question that i ask everyone who comes to the podcast what gets you in the mood yeah, that's a good question. <sighs> yeah, I think what gets me in the mood is when I start taking care of myself. When I, I mean, because that can be that can be an up and down kind of ride for all of us to right where we're maybe exercising more or more conscious of what we're eating and making sure it's healthy. And then there's times where it's not. And I always find when I start paying more attention to that again when I am like yeah I'm gonna really I'm gonna exercise uh five times a week now like I'm just getting the energy to do that um and when I'm really starting to watch what I'm eating and how I'm taking care of myself that definitely has a direct uh correlation for me with getting in the mood and thinking about it more um and sharing my, and sharing things about myself, I find attracts interest. So then I start thinking about it more when I, when I share more about myself and I am, I'm a coach and I'm on, I'm on social media. So posting and sharing and kind of sharing raw, raw, real emotions and stories about my life. I find when I put that out there, what I get back is interesting who I'm attracting. And if I don't give myself that way, if I don't put it out there, I'm not thinking about it as much because I'm not getting a response back from other people. So when I put that out and I get and I get stuff back, I it starts to get me thinking more about it. That's so wonderful. Heather, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. 
And if our listeners want to get in contact with you, can you share your contact information and your social media uh, information as well? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Heather on Health and at Heather on Health. It has dots, heather.on.health. That's my handle on Instagram. And same on Facebook, um, that same handle at Heather on Health. You would be able to find me. Um, I also, you can get in touch with me on my website. It's www.heatheronhealth.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was fun.